0: Well, as we wind down the year, start into our fourth calendar year of NDE radio, I'd like to continue a tradition we started back in 2013, namely a look ahead to the next year and the problems and opportunities we face. Also, perhaps most importantly, we'll look at the role near death and other personal mystical experiences can provide us in the year ahead. To begin with, let's look at what I thought might happen during the past two years, and uh, we'll see if I got anything right so far. I dedicated the first of these shows, it was the last show of 2013, to several reasons why I thought 2014 would be a breakthrough year for the understanding and acceptance of near-death experience by the general public and by many religions as well. I began with the 100th hundred monkey, monkey theory. <clears throat> which has uh, probably been discredited. At least it's claimed it's been discredited by some scientists. But um, and it's been replaced to some extent by the term meme. Um, the hundredth monkey theory, of course, is the notion that if a uh, hundred monkeys learn to wash their fruit in some places in the world before they eat it, the uh, knowledge will somehow be conveyed, even though there's no there's no uh, actual observational communication going on to all the uh, other monkeys in the world. And the meme, of course, does have a medium. Um, A meme acts as a unit for carrying cultural ideas from one mind to another, and in this Internet culture of Facebook and tweets, it can happen with remarkable speed. Other ways of looking at this transformative phenomenon is through intelligence spheres or the holographic universe. The idea is that once a discovery is made, such as uh, how to make a new crystal, for instance, the possibility of it happening everywhere becomes inevitable. Uh, back then, and uh, and true uh, true for me today, I I think the comprehension of near death experiences is beginning to reach that point in time. With the advent of resuscitation, uh, the the techniques of resuscitation. Uh, many more people who might have died have been brought back to life. And this was uh, my second point back in 2013. Uh, I see it even today in my work as a a chaplain at a main hospital. More than a few of those recovering patients report their stories about out-of-body and near-death experiences, and they are much more willing to talk about it than people in previous years. Some have estimated in this country that alone that there are some 774 near-death experience and out-of-body experiences happening every single day. Well, think how fast the world might change if every experiencer Facebooked and tweeted their visions to their friends. I'm reminded of a story I heard in a, in a TED Talk <clears throat> It goes like this. A little girl sat in the back of the class working with a pencil until... The teacher finally went over and asked her what she was drawing. I'm drawing a picture of God, the little girl told her. But nobody knows what God looks like, the teacher declared. They will in a minute, the little girl said. Back in 2013, I also noted that there are several bright people who have had near-death experiences who are now, uh, knowing that it's real, exploring the nature of consciousness. And that is the nature of the soul and where information is stored, whether uh, it's in the brain or in the mind, in the in the uh, somewhere in the astral plane. Anyway, where do, where what does that mean for us spiritually? <clears throat> As interfaith studies progress, it becomes more and more clear that it's it's not doctrine, but uh, the experience of mystics in all religions who have who have similar handles on the truth, and that's a key. Uh, note that I'll probably close with today, looking forward to 2016. Then I noted back then that the remarkable studies in quantum physics, uh, most notably the instant communication between two particles, no matter how what the distance between them, speaks volumes about the shortcomings of the so-called rational thought of yesteryear. Then I also noted, uh, along the physics line, that the uh, so called god particle uh, Higgs boson um, that they had finally uncovered at CERN, Switzerland had spiritual implications not only because it was called the God particle, but because it was what made mass possible, what makes the physical world possible, and because of that it was nicknamed the God particle, uh originally in jest, but it has a lot to recommend in the merging between physics and spirituality as those investigations go forth. I also noted back then that science fiction leads the parade toward an acceptance of multiple and parallel universes, uh, other dimensions we can travel to, wormholes we can travel by to higher realms of knowledge, uh, be it God, aliens, the Akashic record, the overcoming of the dimension of time, and so forth. All of this uh, research it's not only science fiction, of course, but is now going ahead through the through the researches and the mathematical structures for quantum physics. Um, but the ideas themselves have reached such a point of popularity that the notion that reality is not what it appears, the Matrix of uh, the Matrix movies, is almost universal. Then there's uh, people who just, just want to learn how to do it. And the ability to generate out of body experiences is growing to the point where anyone can now take a class, learn how to leave their body, and travel through other dimensional realms. This is really where, uh, the NSA, as I said back then, should be investing their money, uh, if they wanna, they can tap our phone lines all they want, but if they could actually travel to locations out of body and observe what they wanna observe, they'd be well ahead of the game. Then I uh, also commented on religions. And I noted the Roman Catholics um, were recovering the true mystical nature of the spiritual world. And it's a world of love that we must attempt to emulate here on earth if we are to survive as a species. As uh, all religions come to this conclusion, I said optimistically back then, it will come as no surprise that our common fate is to go into the light of love when we die. We must accept this fact quickly, and here is where, i and I'm quoting myself now, where the NDE can be a tremendous teaching tool. If you have been impressed with the turnaround in the Catholic Church under Pope Francis, stay tuned. There may be great breakthroughs in the year ahead to advance the cause of peace and spiritual maturity. Was I right? Was I right about any of that? In my look ahead to the this year just passed, my look from 2014, I seemed to have been much more pessimistic about where things were heading. My predictions for this past year were a whole lot grimmer than the previous years. I said this because I, I believe to get, to get where we must go, we will probably go through a scary, I think I called it, uh, related it to the Bardo, and we were going to go through it right here in the material world. So let's consider for a moment the nature of bad news. <clears throat> One of the tenets shared by both fundamental Christians and New Agers is the idea that we all all we need to do is believe, and everything else will fall into place. There are many differences, of course, in the understanding of what that means. The fundamental Christians would say we're saved by faith, not by works. In other words, just by believing Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you, you will go to heaven. New Agers to use a loose and very broad term, would say that God loves us without condition and is ready to embrace anyone who wants to go into the light, be they Christian, pagan, Wiccan, whatever. For both groups, you are saved by belief, not by what you do or don't do. Jesus, on the other hand, said that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, uh, Let me read that again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's a quote from Matthew 7, uh, verse 21. Um, That would seem to demolish the fundamentalist faith alone point of view. And to the New Agers, Jesus would remind them of his parable about separating the sheep who helped and loved other people from the goats who did not help or love other people. It would seem then that what we do in this world, in this life, counts for a lot, for a lot in the hereafter. There are dark places in the Bardo, and for some NDEers as well. Call them self-inflicted punishments if you must, but even so better not attempt to go into the light when you're awash in a sea of guilt and sin. That life review can be a bummer. Some say God made hell for those who fall short. Some say we all fall short, and a loving God would not send anyone to hell. Meanwhile, many people in this world say we have made this life a hell for others in trying to avoid it for ourselves, and they say it's proved with every broadcast of the evening news. Some New Agers say we are gods ourselves, and if that's true, then we are the gods who made hell, and so... Hell by our own hands is a distinct possibility. In Plato's Republic, uh, 400 BC, the soldier Er tells us that heaven and hell exist, but they are not eternal states of being. We only pass through them before we reincarnate into the next life. Perhaps the suffering in the world today will be punishment enough and the light will be waiting for us all on the other side, or maybe not. Even ears get only a partial glimpse of what's in store for us and comes only after we go through many lifetimes with many circumstances to test us. And then I went on to say that, uh, anyway, I believed 2015 would be one of those testing years. And I thought the tests that we faced uh, were probably pretty well understood, um, I said we all know about them, but we hardly ever relate them so closely to our own lives as to change our personal behavior. And that's still a fact, indeed. Um, These tests include matters of hunger, killing, greed, corporate exploitation, and the cruelty we deal out to one another in all its forms. Did I get any of that right for 2015? Now we look forward to 2016. And no one is terribly optimistic about the economics, the politics, the environmental degradation, uh, the chances for avoiding major conflicts, or even the possibility of religious cooperation over the next 12 months. In past shows, especially last, uh, around this time last year, I made reference to Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn's theories of a seven-year cycle in history, which he explains in his book, The Mystery of the Shemitah. And uh, to learn more about that, you can read his book. You can also go to my NDE radio show of uh, January 5th, 2015. We cleared that seventh cycle that he talks about, of the uh, seven years when we uh, if we fail on the seventh cycle we uh, suffer oh often suffer economic losses and and spiritual losses of course as well but we cleared that seventh cycle last fall the consequences i think still lie ahead and that's what i'll be talking about for the next few minutes what might they include <clears throat> let's look at human rights internationally but very dramatically in this country the rich are getting richer the poor are getting poorer and the middle class in this country once known for uh, our strength and our pride is uh, now makes up a, for, a smaller percentage than the growing number of poor in america linked to that a recent report on modern slavery worldwide, granted, sets the numbers between 21 million and 36 million modern slaves. And many of them are women who've been trapped in sex trade slavery, but others are trapped in prison slave workers in other countries making things that we buy and sell in this country. And going to the more of the economic problems that we face, uh, what crashed us in 2008 was a uh, dealing in the gambling over the value of uh, home mortgages. And war, Wall Street gamblers have not been idle since that crash of 2008, but have been creating fake value, not in home mortgages so much as on the basis of student loan debt and used car sales, among other things. So with layering, if you start with a billion dollars in student loan debt and, and say the same again in used car, uh, loans, and then you layer insurance over that and you say, well, that's gonna cause, that's add certain value to it, and then you layer, and you layer, and you layer. Pretty much, uh, you, ha- you're creating, uh, the notion that there's trillions of dollars out there in value for something that's just not worth that. Last time, of course, as I said, it was based on the inflated value of real estate mortgages and the ensuing crash of credit default swaps and their insurers may happen all over again as this new pyramid scheme, it's really nothing more than that, reaches untenable heights. Then we've got politics. The politics in this country in this past year and in this year to come are truly bizarre. Uh, nobody with rational sensibilities can fathom the Donald Trump phenomenon uh, or the consequences for the nation if he should, God forbid, get nominated or elected, and or elected. There was a TV um, series recently based on the Philip K. Dick novel The Man in the High Tower. And it's... Uh, The structure of it is basically the premise that uh, an alternative universe uh, shows what the world would be like if the Nazis had had developed the atomic bomb before we did, used it on us, blew up Washington, won the war, and took over the country. Um, It's called the the Philip Dick novel. It's based on The Man in the High Towers about this world as it would be if the Nazis had won World War II, what it would be like in this country. Well, if you haven't seen it or or read it, do that, because its I think it's truly a guide to what a Trump presidency would look like down the line a few years. Then there's the environment. As long as the politicians in this and other countries continue to sell out To the lobbyists and their corporate masters, nothing will change. The remaining forests will be cut down. Fossil fuels will continue to burn. Melting ice will cause sea levels to rise. And Fukushima will continue to pour radiation into an already dying ocean. 2015 has been the hottest year on record, they're saying, with 2016 expected to be worse and meanwhile, the extinction of the butterflies and the plants and certain sea life and animals around the world continues apace. The They're saying now that 50% of the, of the bird population will soon be gone because we've destroyed their environment and, uh, set up so many barriers in terms of pet cats to windmills that, uh, They just don't really stand a chance. And then there's war. Wars serve the interests of the military-industrial complex. We all know that. Eisenhower warned us of that back in the 1950s. As long as there's money to be made, wars will continue. The disaster we call the Middle East is the product of unbridled greed. Greed for oil, greed for religious domination... Greed for political power. And the recent hostility between Turkey and Russia uh, is guaranteed to broaden the conflict. It involves not only uh, NATO, but um, the country just to the north of Syria. Well, how do we keep on fighting these wars? Well, we use religion. We fire up the troops with ideas of racism, notions of sexism and religious hatred, And all those are being used to manipulate the emotions and loyalties of the young men who become tomorrow's cannon fodder. And this is especially true of Muslim youth, even in this country, as they respond to the call of ISIS. So what do I mean by religion? Well, I'm talking about organized religion versus a personal mystical experience of God and the afterlife. Till now, I've always felt religion was important for reminding people that our souls go on after our bodies die and that there are spiritual consequences for the things we do to one another in this life. But even as an ordained congregational minister, I have to say that organized religion has been corrupted by the same forces that have corrupted our governments. The very thing Jesus hated about the temple priests of his day all those conversations he had with the Pharisees about their hypocrisy and and their exploitation, the, the rules they created in their religion to manipulate the faithful, the greed, hypocrisy and moral corruption of many of of the clergy today, the exclusivity of religions that teach you must be a Christian or a Muslim or a Catholic or a Scientologist whatever in order to, for God to love you or, or to escape the fires of hell or to escape your own um, your own karma has corrupted the churches, it's corrupted the temples and the mosques beyond anything resembling the simple truth that mystics understand, that God is a God of love who only expects us to practice love in return. Anyway, let's look for a minute at what a pastor, priest, or an imam, or rabbi, Scientology instructor or whatever actually is for better for worse to be frank they are people who come between you and God Uh, sometimes they're helpful sometimes they're instructive sometimes we wouldn't even know God exists if it weren't for a good teacher for a good rabbi for a good pastor or priest sometimes they're not helpful And let's look back for a minute at Genesis and think about this. The first creature to come between God and human, between God who walked in the garden with Adam and with Eve, was the serpent. The serpent imposed himself between God and the humans. Adam and Eve had a close personal relationship with their creator until the first preacher, the serpent, came along and said, I'll show you how to be like God, knowing good and evil. Now if this sounds, if this quote sounds more like Scientology than say Methodism or Presbyterianism, that still doesn't negate the fact that all religious organizations have tried to be the answer to their people at one time or another. Do it our way, it's our way or the highway. It's do it our way and God loves you, do it any other way, you go to hell. And this is uh, all out of the mouths of some pastors and priests and what have you who were morally corrupt, who were demanding tithes and double tithes from their congregations, who were seducing the church secretary and molesting little children. All right, back to Genesis. The next two people in the Genesis story shared by the Abrahamic religions are Cain and Abel, brothers born to Adam, and Eve. And why did Cain kill his brother? Well, it was over religion. It was over which form of ritual sacrifice to follow in worshiping God. This was the first war between religious practices, and it's been going on ever since. Now it's become the battle between radical Islam versus the radical right so that Republican candidates for president, for the high office of president, can talk about carpet bombing Muslim populations in the Middle East, men, women, and children, because just because they happen to be Muslims living in their own Muslim country. And today these politicians, competing as to who can scare fearful Americans the most, campaign for who will have his finger, on the nuclear button, with which to do their carpet bombing. To quote one candidate, bombing to make the sands glow radioactive. If you are to believe the proclamations of the dozen or so Trumps and Cruises who try to out-Christian one another while they advocate mass murder, well, that's what they're saying. And I have no doubt, under the right circumstances, that's what they'd do. Meanwhile, religion-wide rulemaking continues unabated, especially the cruel double standards inflicted on women in the name of God by Muslims, Catholics, Mormons, Hindus, even Orthodox Jews, just to mention a few. So what's a believer to do? Well, more and more commonly it's been to quit the church, the synagogue, the mosque or temple they were raised in. As a hospital chaplain, I hear more and more of the explanation from folks I visit that they're not churchgoers, but they believe in God. They suspect a loving God is there and that the soul continues on after death. Beyond that is a mystery they want to know more about, but just not through the structure of their church, which burned them or bored them in the past. That generation became the parents of a generation of children who never went through that church alienation process, because their parents never let them go to Sunday school or church, and so they never even experienced organized religion in the first place. Their spiritual curiosity has been diverted to video games and movies about vampires, zombies, and superheroes, replacing the content of the Bible with the inventions of Marvel comics and the like. So the questions get asked again and again as the chaplain makes his rounds to the sick and dying. I just don't trust my religion. Tell me, where do I go from here? Of course, this is where direct personal mystical experience comes in, NDEs and all the rest. It's time Adam and Eve renounce the serpents whispering in their ears and learned to love God again. And this is my wish and hope for the coming year, that the mystics of the world renounce organized religion and the politicians who exploit it for their own selfish gain pray for this breakthrough in understanding to take place during the coming year and prayer is going to be really important prayer is in fact our way of communicating uh, directly with God and it doesn't have to be a formalized prayer you don't have to know the the mysteries and joy and glories of the of the uh, Rosary to be able to pray to God although it certainly doesn't hurt Pray for us. Pray for the world. A prayer I like uh, is actually a, a Catholic prayer. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Well, here are some thoughts as I close out here today on, for meditating on the light. This is a collection, actually, that was uh, put together by James Bean, who's been on the show before, from the Gospel of Thomas. There is light within a person of light, and it illumines the entire cosmos. Also, when the Father, who alone is good, visits the heart, he makes it holy and fills it with light. And so a person who has such a heart is called blessed, for that person will see God. That was from the Valentinus of Alexandria. uh, Lived, I think, from 100 to 160 A.D. Faith in Christ is living, noetic light. The light of Jesus is noetic, meaning spiritual light. And blessed is the soul which is accounted worthy to see it, said St. Isaac the Syrian. The sun of consciousness within my heart keeps on shining and shining all the time. Neither does it set nor does it rise from the Indian Upanishad. Man's soul shall become, when it leaves the body, a great flood of light, so as to traverse all the religions until it comes into the kingdom of mystery. Seek all of you after the light, so that the power of your soul that is in you may find life. Do not seek. Do not. Sorry. Do not cease seeking, day or night, until you find the mysteries of the kingdom of light, which will purify you, transform you into pure light and guide you into the kingdom of light. And that's from the Gnostic Gospel of Faith Wisdom, uh, Vista Sophia. And as I said, these quotes were assembled by James Bean. Well, it looks like we're just about out of time for today. If you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANs, check out their website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.